Welcome to another episode of Story Mode, a video game podcast. In this episode, we discuss gaming-related LEGO sets, Hitman 3 updates, and Star Wars games. For more of our witty quips and banter, find us at storymodegaming.com and follow us at storymodeaus. Enjoy the show! This show I was telling you about just before, it's called uh, Abbott Elementary. It's um, created by and stars Quinta Brunson, and she's brilliant. Uh, She plays this really uh, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, enthusiastic, um, keen, young teacher at a uh, public elementary school in Philadelphia. And um, she has to contend with the fact that the school system is chronically underfunded and... Uh, there's corruption everywhere, and it's terrible. Whilst trying to make a difference, it's a it's a fascinating concept uh, that a lot of people don't really think about. Um, but the reason that I was reminded by this is because you brought up New York Millhouse, and every hey. single one of these characters is hilarious and amazing in their own way. But there is one character, and she is like they're all kind of stereotypes, and she's like a stereotypical like mob wife kind of character like oh i know a guy who can get you this thing if you need it you know you just let me know and i'll make it happen for you that kind of person and it is freaking hilarious the accent that comes out of her mouth the 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 things that she says jesse it's brilliant i think you would love this show it's similar to like uh, a brooklyn 99 but not problematic hey got him okay i'm watching a show I will give that a go. I am watching a little superstore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that Dina is one of the best characters I've ever seen in the show. I love her so much. And she's she's actually complex as a person. <laughs> like, she has layers that you don't expect. Oh, I love her. I think she's I got to, like, season two. Yeah. That, oh, that's the thing, right? This is what ended up turning me off of Superstore. Is that they're all shit. And what about in- Glenn? <laughs> Glenn is yeah, a piece of but shit. But you know, you know uh, why it works? Because so are we. Everyone's a piece of shit. I hate shows that try to cover that up. Like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, really like it. Gets yeah, has have a lot of problematic parts about it, a lot of propaganda in it. But all the char- a lot of the characters are just too wholesome. It's like, ugh. That's what I like. I like my pieces of shit shows. I like my Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I like, mm. you know, even Seinfeld. That's why I'm a Seinfeld person, not a Friends person. It's not just because I like better comedy. It's also because I like the realism of bad people. See, the Friends cast and writers portrayed themselves as good people, but then we look back on it now and like, <laughs> you, That's it. A lot of, a lot of the stuff head. in Friends aged poorly. I completely agree with that. But at the time, I, I mean, because I was obviously significantly younger, I loved it. I think it was great. And watching it back now, there is absolutely that nostalgia there for it. Um, but, you know, I can still acknowledge the fact that it's, you know, aged poorly. Some things were... It's the worst <laughs> thing I've ever made. Nice. Worse um, than the one before? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, 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 this is the drink from before. I'm still oh. drinking it. Oh, so, for context, gosh. I went to the old, the old, oh, my God, the old bar shelf. And I had like a shot of gin. I poured in a glass and I realized there's probably there's not enough for another shot, so I'll just I'll just finish with the bottle. You know. Alcoholic logic there. 
then I'm like, oh, surely I have a mix in the fridge. I probably should have checked all this beforehand. I had maybe half a glass, or maybe two thirds of a glass of mineral water. Um, apple berry mineral water. Very, very nice by itself. I'm like, oh, it's going to be weak flavor. I'm just going to taste it. Is, I'm just going to taste gin, aren't I? So I put a dash of <laughs> concentrated Ribena in it because it's all I could reach. I just grabbed it. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Ter- oh, terrible, Jesse! I'm no, sorry. I'm not, I'm not, we never finished your your conversation around Dina. Why do you like her as a character? Funny, she's a good friend in it as well. She genuinely is. When there are moments when yes, like people need her, yeah, exactly. She stands up for herself. She doesn't take shit. She mm. in the first season, she's a bit of a corporate shell, but she she gets over that. She starts being involved with a lot of schemes. When, you know, when Glenn wants to charge, she puts her hands up. She's in it for the money, but she does help. You know, I deep know. down, good person. Also, I she don't. fucked what's-his-name. <laughs> and that was hilarious. I think the Those spirit, two banging was the best. I think the spirit of doing something is oftentimes more important than the act itself. So, I think that Dina, Dina is... All the, the other characters, they're kind of believable as, like, human beings... Like they, you know, you could conceivably meet somebody like Glenn in real life. You could, you would definitely yeah. meet someone like uh, what's the 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 theater guy, the main dude? I forget his name. He's just what Jonah. Very forgettable. Jonah. Jonah. Yeah, Jonah. Definitely have met people like Jonah before. Mm. Um, definitely met people like uh, Amy as well. Amy is my biggest problem with the whole show. She irritates the absolute shit out of me. Yeah, I, I don't a, like her, or jo- her. Her and Jonah, I don't like. Get rid of them. That's the thing. Like, they're, they're, they're supposed to be, like, the main characters, essentially. Like, they're supposed to be the focal point. And I hate them. I, I hate them both. That's why I don't like watching the show. I just get annoyed at them. Because Amy's too busy being a really petty As person. As the person. Like, at... The best of times, she's incredibly petty, and then Jonah is sort of like, oh, "I'm better than you in my own special twisted way." Like, I'm not directly better than you, but I'm better than you in a more roundabout fashion. And it's like, she, go I'm gonna, away. I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut Simon saying that and make it into like a little video. Yeah. You should come and hang out in Melbourne more often. You'd understand that that's not an unrealistic thing to see on a daily basis. uh, Well, that's the thing. I know it's not unrealistic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm an arsehole. That's the thing. All of those main characters, they all have their little flaws and stuff, whatever. That's okay. But the reason I keep coming back to that show, Cheyenne, Bo. Oh, man. Whenever Bo is on screen, that is a a love story. That's a love story for the ages. Shit. Now, <laughs> also, as Garrett. a person who hosts the stream from their end, I am declaring Story Mode a Superstore podcast, <laughs> in effect, okay? <laughs> Superstore is, you know how, how um, some cities, have, like cities have like a sister city? So Melbourne, Melbourne's is like, I don't know, I don't, I don't even know why I said that, like I would know, but you know, we got like a sister city, it's like, I oh, know, Toronto. Yeah, I know what you mean. Superstore is our sister show. Second cousin twice removed show. Okay? Yeah. And I'll hear no shit about it. Or Dina. Okay? But so I'm going to go. I, I would be Dina if I had the goddamn hips. Okay? <laughs> Jeff already better than Dina. 
Mateo, better than Dina, just any of those people. Also, awesome Garrett. People. I Garrett's love so and good. hate Garrett in yeah. equal measure because he's so funny but crosses so many lines. I'm like, Mm-mm, not cool. But at the same time, obviously, it's played up for the com for the comedic effect. So it's, I don't know. Like, there's this weird sort of. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know about that. That's the Garrett. goal of the show as a whole. It's to to create these characters that you love and hate. You want yeah. to see them do things, but you despise them. Oh, also, I'm gonna, apparently, you can you know, so you know how the, the Xbox Bethesda showcase things happening in a few weeks. They're going to be showing it at uh, there's gonna be a whole event at Fortress in Melbourne. You can wow. sign up to win tickets. I'm gonna try and go. It starts at two a.m. Because they're doing like a whole thing beforehand. Seems a bit much, not gonna lie. You know what seems a bit much? The fact that they have closed down the Nintendo experience at EB Games Thompson Street. Oh, uh, devastating. I am Sad. gutted. And there's a reason I, I've always had a love for it. Because back when I worked at EB Games, they had like the Wii U launch event or something or other. It was some sort of launch event. Um, we could go get to go in there early and play a few things. And it was the first time that my store, I only just started, but they said, hey, you're doing well, you can go. And I'm going there and there was all these like media people there and stuff like people I had, I, I'd seen before. I'm like, this feels cool. I like this. This is a cool little space. And now I do a podcast. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> me, bloody go. You peaked. I always liked it. It was good. And I remember I, last time I went there, the guy at the counter looked identical to me because, yes, yeah, fat, bearded, emo guy. Oh, my God. I can't believe he likes games. We wow, all congregate in the same areas. But I looked at him and he looks at me like identical. And I'm like, dude, do we look the same? And he's like, no. <laughs> and I don't, I don't understand the energy that he gave to me just then. Right. I'm like... <laughs> I, it took a lot for me to even communicate with you, sir, because it's like a sort of doppelganger situation. Also, I don't like talking to people. I just showed you a part of my goddamn soul, and you're like, no. Now, was he saying, no, you're far too handsome, you? Or he's like, no, you piece of shit. I don't know, because he said it was such a blank expression. He's the evil Jesse. I thought I was the evil Jesse. I, can, can I just I'll tell you about a quick experience that I had at the... Nintendo experience. Is it the Nintendo experience? Is that what it was? It was the Nintendo experience. Um, well, I went up there. I'm telling you now, like, as someone who came from um, Africa to live here in Australia, um, in and amongst all of you Aussies, I've never <laughs> felt more out of place than when I went <laughs> into the Nintendo experience. I walked in there. Um, and I wanted to check out some of the Switch displays they had because they had some of the games that you could like play there. And I'd just gotten a Switch and I'm like, oh, yes, I want to play some of these games. I want to see what they've got. I walked in. There was just like just a row of people sitting on like, you know, that bench there. They're sitting there playing Switch or 3DS. And I walk in there and everyone just kind of like looks up and is like glaring at me. I clearly don't have a Switch or 3DS on me. Why am I here? There was a bit of a what was that movie Stepford Wives or whatever it is. It was a bit. Of, it, it's a bit of that vibe because I remember there is that part of the room that kind of you can look over Swanson Street, so you can see the city. It's all white. There's a little chair and a little TV with the, and a Wii attached. 
And it was almost like they were trying to recreate the ads, like the same energy from the from the Nintendo ads. Like, you know, oh, I put my Switch to a rooftop party and no one kicked me out. No one kicked me off the fucking roof like they should. <laughs> but it's like, oh, everyone snuggle up on the couch, you and your friends. We can all play goddamn some sort of Mario game. And they used to do it and they were all like laughing, but it was like really fake. It was like, I felt uncomfortable. Hence weird. the evil Jesse there. But I am sad it's closing because that means these people are in the public now. Well, yeah, yeah that's true. Hiding among us. It's maybe a good thing. on this very podcast. If it weren't for those dun, dun, folks, dun. that would have been a really cool space to go into and just experience the latest Nintendo stuff, you know? I feel like it was sort of undercooked slightly. I feel like you, you, they could have done more with it. They could have. Is it a thing like that in Perth? No. Nah. Mate, you know what we've caught in in the the EB That's games awesome. in the CBD. The the C, the CBD EB has and they're signed um, for PlayStation Three coming soon. Probably, yeah. They've probably still got that in the back room, knowing them. Um, <laughs> it's honestly less wide than this room is, um, and about the length of my house. So it's quite long, but it's not very wide, and yet they have to squeeze in everything in there. And it's long just long store, long yeah, it's, store. It's, it's a long boy. It's a very skinny boy. Yeah, I don't know. It's just <laughs> the most interesting EB game shops are in the weirdest spots in Perth because there'll be like a really dodgy suburb, and then there'll be like a really cool EB game store there. And you're like, why? Why is it there of all places? I remember Ow. the whole the whole reason they built that EB experience, the the Nintendo experience. Nintendo. It's not the whole reason. I'm exaggerating, but it was to host Charles Martinet when he came to Australia in like 2009. Hell yeah! He, he was just really yeah. He, so like, they he built was, it for him. They didn't. Do they think actually, that he would sleep there? I'm being sarcastic. They didn't really. Oh my build god! It for him. But it was the first major use of that. Like when he came and he toured Australia, um, he kind of sat up there for an afternoon and is just going it's a me to everybody as they walked in like, and it was for him but that, now like they, they thought they were going to get <laughs> Charles Martin but they actually got New York <laughs> New York Millhouse and then hey guys it's me friend <laughs> it's Mil- a me Mil- it's Milroy <laughs> <laughs> it's Chris Pratt again. Milrio hey it's me hey kids it's me Chris Pratt I'm the Garfield <laughs> now and the Italian plumber you want hey, to see yo, some dinosaurs? Star Lord. <laughs> oh, no. Dinosaurs don't exist. <laughs> Take that, Chris Pratt. Enemy of the show. Regret <laughs> <laughs> uh, drinking that drink. That was a heavy, heavy drink to start ooh. off with. This is going to be an interesting uh, episode, Jesse. Yeah. Speaking of interesting and interesting weekends. I had actually a very good weekend. I ordered and- something last weekend that I've been looking forward to for a while now. So Lego announced that they were going to release a Horizon Zero Dawn tall neck figure. I'm a big Lego fan. If, if anyone's watched these episodes, which you can at twitch.tv forward slash story mode AUS, you would have noticed back in my old house, I had a bunch of Lego behind me. Some of it real, some of it fake, but all of it pretty cool. Um, I had like the Millennium Falcon and everything like that. But obviously, I like video games. So I'm a big fan of any sort of video game set they release. And there haven't been enough, but I couldn't think of a more perfect franchise for them to, to pull from than Horizon. You know, 
ro- robots and such, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, this tall neck, I was very, very keen to get it. Uh, went on order last Monday, I want to say. I saw an article from Press Start. Thanks, Press Start. Clicked on it, got one straight away. They've sold out everywhere else. I was just really lucky to get in quickly. Nice. I thought it was going to take a few weeks. Um, because even the I got it directly from the Lego store, and they're like, "Hey, there may be delays because of high demand." I got an um, email from them on Friday saying, "Hey, it's been shipped." I got it the next day. Whoa! I came home and there was a box in my driveway, and I wanted to, I wanted to cry. I was that happy because building model kits is like my meditation. It's the only time I ever relax, and I haven't built a kit since I've moved. I've been meaning to build. Um, I've got this little uh, plastic bike from Death Stranding. I'm looking forward to build. But I thought I'll, I'll do that eventually. I just forgot about it. Anyway, kit came, sat down, got, you know, got myself a beer, washed the footy, and I built this over, say, two hours or so. I split over two days because I had to do some other things. It's the most enjoyable build I've done in a very, very, very long time. For anyone who is a bit of a Lego fan listening, very unique very unique build and some really unique pieces. And the cool thing is in the, the manual you get, you get the instruction manual, obviously. It's not just straight up instructions. It also explains a bit about the game. And then something I've never seen them do before, it explains the process they went through of designing each part and any new techniques that they've used. So like That's the cool. headpiece is Ooh. super, like they've never done it before. It's like a whole, whole new way of them building to create like a flat surface that kind of like, work some multiple angles and stuff like that hmm. really, really cool so it's 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 1222 pieces you get the tall neck obviously a base you get an aloy minifig with this cool you can turn her face around so she could be sad or like serious or happy i'll get her happy uh and you get a little watcher and with the watcher you can change its eyepiece to be um you know calm on alert or or agitated so the red uh, i love it that's cool um so for those, I mean, for those watching, I'm going to show it off. For those listening, you can listen to these Lego pieces because I'm going to show everyone this. Please don't. Actually, you know what? If I drop it, I give a shit. I'll build it again. Yeah, you get more use out of it that way. But it's like, it's like 30 something centimeters tall. Oh, wow. It's huge. Holy Big. shit. That's, that's it, 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 absolutely stunning. That's massive. Um, Look, it that's wasn't awesome. cheap. As Lego, it never is. No. no. It was like 140, I want to say, with shipping. But Jeez, man. I'm more than happy to to build that just for the the endorphins that normal people get from you know just general dopamine production. I don't get that, so this helps. <laughs> Thanks, Lego. <laughs> um, but yeah, it got me it got me thinking. Like, I'm also playing Lego Star Wars at the moment, which I've spoken about in recent episodes. That I'm 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 liking. I'm not loving. But it's made me realize how one-sided the Lego slash video game relationship is. We have so many Lego video games. Any major franchise you can think of with a Lego game for it. And then we've also got like Lego superheroes and like their own franchises that aren't um, deviations of, of other properties. But when it comes to Lego kits, the ones that I've been able to find, we've got Minecraft, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the perfect pairing, honestly. Yeah, it was, it it was took, the first big one. It makes a lot of sense. It took it a while, took though. Ages, though. It took yeah, way yeah. too, too damn I long. Imagine, imagine the licensing issues. Minecraft being in the first big ones, the licensing hoops they would have had to jump through would have been absolutely crazy. Yeah. yeah. Mario, 
the um the SNES that they released recently. Did what you key on that Simon? Did you end up the the that? NES. Uh, I haven't got it because it's three hundred and fifty dollars. So uh, oh, yeah, yikes. Wow. Yeah. Um, no, we've got they- Sonic. We've got Luigi's Mansion, and then of course most uh, Horizon, and then of course um, Overwatch as well. I- Overwatch I've got to admit- being. That that Sonic one, Jesse, looks kind of awesome. Like, I'm it does really um, good. On top of that, we've also got the, the we had the Mario Kart things that they had. Yeah. Um, and going back to Overwatch, Overwatch is the other video game kit that I've got. I got the Bastion. The other ones I don't love as much. I, I wish that they released a proper good sized diva. I really want a diva model kit. If anyone's listening, if anyone who built, I don't know who would be listening for make that happen, but universe in general, make it happen. Um, but I got the Bastion, very, very cool build again, super solid, and it makes sense. He's him being a, a robot, yeah, kind of translates pretty well. Um, now I'd be remiss to to not mention some of the bizarre, off-brand kits that we've got. Oh yeah. So whenever you walked in the Lego aisle. <laughs> Which, uh, being an adult, I do often. Um, I always see the Call of Duty. Slash, I always thought it was just Call of Duty Mega Bloks. Um, but they also did Call of Duty Zombies Mega Bloks. It went yeah. that deep. Mega Bloks being, kind of in my head, the, the building blocks for sort of younger people. Very strange that they picked up the Call of Duty uh, license. Now, yeah. see, to me, Mega Bloks is like the Pepsi of the Lego world. That's how I perceive it as well. Like, hold yeah. wait, hold up. Like, Keelan, when you when you mix this, can you put like a record scratch there? Are you guys don't like Pepsi? I don't like no. either of them, to be honest. No, I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just secondary to the the more globally known recognized. Coke yeah. is Sydney. Pepsi is Melbourne. Less known, but far better. My Sydney, mm. my Sydney. <laughs> hatred yeah. continues okay you don't like either calm down you don't get a say in this now okay <laughs> God damn I can, I can still talk about the things I don't here. like <laughs> oh, I think they both have valid opinions <laughs> God damn it I can, I can still say I can still comment on things I don't like God but yeah, damn no, to, soda to me, libertarian <laughs> to me mega blocks is inferior Kick. yeah like it's yeah. just it's not aimed at kids more so because like that would be Lego's Duplo, that's aimed at very young kids. Um, and Megablox is just sort of a crappier off-brand. Well, yeah. I think what happened here, I, I, I think Call of Duty, so Activision, wanted to get their kits, their, their brand into some sort of model kits. Lego don't do guns. Um, mm, that's true. You'll even, you'll even see, like, I saw a very disturbing image recently of what their police officer figures used to look like and what they look like now. And they look like little blue Iron Man now with all the armor and like SWAT stuff that, that you need in a local police station. Different argument for a different day. But none of them have weapons. They don't, they don't mm. give them guns. Um, you'll get some Star Wars characters that have like blasters and they'll have fictional weapons, but no like machine guns, which you can get with Mega Blocks. And then we've also got the Mega Constructs with an X. Very cool Halo kit. So Halo and Mega Constructs with an X, a partnership made in heaven. Uh, look, these kids actually look pretty cool because there's a warthog and I kind of want it. There's another one. Um, the Mega Blocks World of Warcraft. Ooh, set. okay. Really? Yeah. It's so weird that Halo, World of Warcraft, and Call of Duty, three of the biggest franchises on Earth, 
aren't attached to the biggest sort of building block company, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like there there are very good reasons for that, and it comes down to what you mentioned before, Jesse. It's having the the, the optics of having these war type things. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, with, with the Lego brand, um, World of Warcraft. It's in the name, like it's. But also it's craft. craft. But also, well, Star Wars. Mm. Mm, that's a good point. Mm, perhaps stars are, stars are inherently violent. <laughs> Yes, that's true. But like, that hasn't stopped. That hasn't stopped sort of the Lego community making their own versions of of video game franchises, franchises either available to each other or pitched as things for Lego to become, you know, official. For years, they've been pushing a uh, a Legend of Zelda kit that looks really, really cool. It's like the I I would I would grab that immediately. That is printing money. I'm shocked they haven't done it yet. I've I've got a feeling that this the Overwatch stuff did really well. This Horizon Tornic has sold extremely well. I'm hoping this will open the doors to a few other kits. Um, but just before we get into like what our dream kits will be, I don't want to mention that. Like I said, people go online and they sell their own uh, instruction manuals of how to make different mm. kits. I bought one ages ago for for Horizon. I got one for a uh, Ravager or a um, oh, what are those guys with the gears gears for jaws? Um, I've got a ribbon sawtooth. It was a sawtooth, I think, and it was like a pay for pay what you want sort of thing. So I gave the guy like thirty bucks. He sent through an instruction manual um, and a, and a part list that apparently you can upload it to a site and I'll send you all the mm. parts. It didn't work for me. I got frustrated. I just stopped. No, but this my- guy's been good enough in in recent memory. It's like in recent months. He's been sending updates. He's like, hey, I made the kit better. You've already paid for it. Here you go. It's free. So he's just slightly, cool. slightly refined version. He's working on it and he's like, I'll just keep sending them to you. Absolute champion. So cool. if you are keen on finding some really cool, unique, like no one else you know is probably going to have these um, builds, go online, search for them. I think Brickopedia has a bunch of them attached to it. Uh, this kit looks amazing. I, I just need to buy the parts. Yeah, um, my my stepdad is very much into Lego, specifically Lego Technic. Um, oh, yeah, man, class. Yeah, uh, it's quite entertaining seeing a man, you know, in his mid fifties with a literal room dedicated to his Lego. Um, honestly, He's, though, it's he says really as a 30, cool. has an almost thirty year old with a room dedicated to Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, look, whatever, tit for tat, I guess. Um, <laughs> class houses. Uh, yeah, I know. Don't um, burn Lego bricks and glass. Hey, no, I was, yeah. but then how else am I supposed to build things? Um, yeah. Jokes aside, though, like the Lego community is incredible at times because it will be like, oh yeah, you pay five dollars for a PDF of someone's homemade instruction manual, and it will be perfect. It will be almost as good as the like an officially licensed thing would be. And like these master builders, as they get referred to as, you know, sometimes will be. Beaters, but go on. <laughs> no, that's just you, Jesse. Um, they will be almost essentially endorsed by Lego saying like, yeah, this guy's trustworthy and comes up with some incredible things. Mm. And they will reach out to them if they're doing a set and someone's well known for, you know, creating their own version of, I don't know, let's say, Legend of Zelda. Uh, Lego sets. They will. Uh, Lego will often reach out to those people and be like, "Hey, do you want to help us out?" And they'll be like, "Yeah, let's do it." It's really cool. 
One of those, um, what are the, what are the um, Guardian things called in um, Breath of the Wild? You mean the Guardian? Are they called Guardians? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought they had a better name than that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I, I like a kid of the one of them would be really cool. Just going to say that. Um, Agreed. But I just want to throw it out there. What, you know, your obvious ones like your Zelda's aside, what games would you like to see come to to Lego or, or a similar sort of brick uh, kit? That's a, uh, I just want to, I don't necessarily want anything to come. I just have a few observations that I just think like, how are they not a thing already? Pokemon, like, why is that not like a Lego? Uh, you think there's Mega Bloks ones? Of there's Pokemon? Nano Bloks. Nano Bloks. Yeah. Nano Bloks. I've got, I used to same. have a few of the Nano Bloks. They're not the same. They're not the same. Although, oh, I could talk about any, any I, I have Nano Bloks too, Jesse. Nano Bloks are cool. Yeah. When I was in Japan, got some over there. they had, um, like bullet trains, like different trains. And you actually get the the rail like line, everything like that. You put them on there and they drive around. And because a train is already kind of blocky shaped and nano blocks are just blocks. There's no curved pieces. They're just blocks. Yeah. The trains look incredible. But when it comes to characters, eh. Although being said, recently I was at, um, oh, there's a hobby store, Metro Hobbies in, in, in CBD of Melbourne. I was in there and they had all the nano block sets. They did Crash Bandicoot. Mm. Not just Crash though, they did some of the villains. And not just your Dr. Neo Cortex, they did the greatest character, one of the greatest characters in video game history. So, you know, when you think of video games, you think of, you know, you think of Link, you think of Master Chief, you think of Mario, you think of Dingo Dial from Crash Bandicoot. There is a Dingo Dial, Dingo Dial, nano block. And I need to buy it. Uh, I've seen them do uh, Dragon That's Ball Z cool. versions. I've yeah, Dragon Ball Z, yeah. So, you know, they've done pretty cool stuff. But, I mean, it's not the same as having a Lego set. Um, imagine a Lego set of, like, a, a Pokemon Stadium. And then you've got the little... My thing is, they figures. don't... Lego doesn't translate to organic things that well. Unless they're minifigs. I think the latest... Like, uh, some of the latest wave, they've done, like, a Baby Yoda. And it's mm. fine. But I would rather a droid. Give me a droid in there. We could all sharp mm. angles. It works. Trying to get those really nice curves of an organic creature. I would hit or miss. slightly disagree with you on that one, though, because I feel like they could take the pixel art, the the original yeah, sprites for Pokemon, with. and do that. I think that would look yeah, awesome. Sure. Um, no doubt some fan, fan builds of them. That'll be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pixel absolutely. based would look amazing. The other thing, which I just thought I'd mention, um, I can understand why it's not a thing. It's Fortnite. Like, that could be an amazing property for them to release, uh, like, a Lego set for. Imagine building the entire Fortnite map out of uh, Lego pieces. I'd love to I was see actually a building like the, the forts themselves. But I think. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I think. Actually, the minifigs for some of the main characters. Like, I can imagine, Maybe like, a minifig of the, um, of the little llama, the little loot llama. That'd be all right. Yeah. The foundation, the what's the main guy? I don't know. The Nolan it's because, North dude. Also because it changes so often. Changes every few months. It makes sense why it's not. Because like yeah. licensing is a huge issue. But, you know, it would be amazing and to see that universe captured in. You can just get like get a bunch of different sets and put them all together. Like I've got my Star Wars set. I've got my Sonic set. i got my Mario set. Smash That's them all true. together. i got some I got some Barnacles. Barnacles are fucking rad. <laughs> Leave with that. Um, what do you say? I feel like this could genuinely be an absolute goldmine. 
So, um, Jesse, what was the Overwatch character that you built? Bastion. Yeah. What was the Supergiant game from 2011, the award-winning indie game? Oh, yeah, also, Bastion. Give me Bastion. Why Bastion, of all things? Because Did you say that way- just because of I built Bastion? No, no, because I was, I was actually looking at my games list, and I'm like, I think Bastion <laughs> would work so well. Like, I think it would look amazing. Like, just due to the nature of the game, the way, like, the world sort of comes up around you and stuff like that, I think it would be awesome. And, like, it would feel really cool to be able to sort of put some of that together. So, I have three. Three suggestions. No. One of them leans into, like, I was doing a few more, like, adult-orientated kits lately. Like, they did the, have you seen the flowers they've done? No. They did like flower sets, um, like potted flowers and plants. And they have they have gone to town in recent years of how they do kind of greenery in, in, in different sets. So even the grass and trees in this um, Horizon set, way different to what I've seen before. Oh, wow. I just looked it up, Jesse. And the it the is plant so kits are intricate. gorgeous. And apparently it's they're very, very meditative to, to build. And they've also got like their structures sets uh, they're called something else but you can build like you know the sydney opera house and stuff like that a bit more adult orientated i would like something in that same vein shadow the Colossus, a nice Ooh. base and then you have your what are the 12 or whatever different colossi maybe not even all of them i would love the main one because despite they would look blocky still but because of their size it kind of works it does yeah now, to the opposite end of the spectrum, going from something a little bit more adult to something a bit more kid-friendly in the same vein as they've done Sonic. Because the Sonic kits are really, really fun. They're bright, they're colorful, they're, they're sort of action-packed while still being obviously like a static well, plastic toy. Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. You could do some crazy stuff with colors and different effects. It would, I reckon it would look a lot like some of the um, the DC and Marvel kits that they've got, which is like a, you know, a set and you have like explosions happening and like portals opening. I think that could look really cool. Plus, I would love a big Clank figure to build. I built a uh, BB-8 for somebody I used to work with. He got this kit and he didn't want to build it. He couldn't be bothered. I'm like, give me the kit. Let me build it. I'll I'll give you beer. I'll give you a beer. If you let me build this and bring it back to you. I don't want it. I can't put it anywhere. Um, <laughs> but I had a lot of fun building that one character. I would love a similar build to that um, with, with Clank. And my last one is... The first Lego kits I really fell in love with were tactic different vehicles. I think what the first one I had was like the Enzo Ferrari. And since then, they've made heaps of cars. I really want to get Dom's Charger from Fast and Furious. Mm. Um, Rocket League. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like mid-sized yeah. Rocket League. So you know how they have those little like boxes? They cost like 50 bucks, even though they're a small box. But the small Lego kit. Imagine just a bunch of different Rocket League cars. But they all came with like... Uh, you know, a few customizable pieces. So if you've got a bunch of different cards, you can swap pieces between them. That, that's printing money. Yeah, but yeah I think that's cool. And of course, stepping away from Lego, I would love just more video game model kits. Like I adore the Horizon kits for Lego, but I would love to see a Horizon kit from, um, I can't remember the brand, Kotobukiya. Uh, they do like Zoids and Gundam and stuff like that. Oh, I, yes, I've got yeah, a bunch of their Zoid those. kits and the, the Zoid high-end model kits are so goddamn fun to build. They did Horizon um, Forbidden West, for example. I'd buy them all. I would literally buy every single one of them because they are so fun to build and they look good. They do look good. That's just my tangent, okay? 
Now, moving on to our next story. Look, guys, it's been a it's been a quiet week in games. It's been a weird week. It has, it has. Um, there's there is a Monster Hunter Rise digital event later this evening at the time of recording. So probably would have been a day or two ago, depending on when this episode gets released. But I, at the same time, I'm like, I don't feel like that fills out an episode. No, not at all. Like you probably <laughs> just said as much as we can say about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of like little stories that happened this week. I was like, eh, okay, like. Xbox Live went out on the weekend. It's like, oh, well, it's back. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. And probably, they're, they're the biggest story to, to be told suck. there regarding like digital ownership and stuff like that and what happens when systems go down. But we weren't going to research that. So let's talk about some news that broke a few weeks ago but has had a slight update to it. Hitman Season 2 content has been delayed. Well, not all of it. The, the, the freelancer mode has been delayed. And we're going to get into that because... For anyone who's listened to our podcast, and if you haven't listened to our podcast before, you can find it on Spotify and iTunes, of course, to subscribe and leave us a review. But I have spoken about my love for Hitman 3, my personal game of the year for 2021. Um, it's season two content. Content was meant to drop this month and it's been pushed back. Um, so freelance mode is being pushed to the second half of the year, but we're still getting a new map and a bunch of uh, new elusive targets in the next month. So the new map, which will be the first since it released last year, is a tropical island called Ambrose, um, which, from our interactive quote, takes place before the events of Hitman 3 and fills in a few gaps from the World of Assassination storyline. Look, the storyline for Hitman 3 was pretty shit, and the last mission sucked ass. Um, but a tropical island like this, it gives me big like Far Cry 6 sort of vibes, Hmm. I could have a lot of fun there. It's all about the locale, the vibe that it gives Jesse. It's yeah, the story. I will, pl- I will go back. I will play this mission a few times. Be like, it's fine, and then <laughs> go straight back to the castle because that's my home. I can't remember what it's called, but that is my spiritual home. <laughs> now and then, elusive targets—they're a little bit different to the high-end targets, where the, they—if you fail it, you fail it. Like you suck shit. <laughs> yeah, move on. Play shot. something. Yeah. Go do something else. Um, now the game sold extremely, extremely well. Uh, 2020 to 2021 were the most successful fiscal year for IO Interactive, which have been around for 23 years. That's best 23 years. Pretty good. It comes down to Hitman 3. That level of sort of support from the community has allowed them to make a freelancer mode. Freelance mode could be its own game. It is yeah, it looks the coolest really cool. thing I've heard about in, in a while. It's basically a roguelike hitman mode. We get sent out in different missions. Um, you, there's like a whole other syndicate that you need to work your way through. You you knock off lower level goons to get to the higher up. But unlike a normal hitman mission where you're given all your guns on a silver plate, so to say, you only get the weapons that you are able to bring back. So your point, the whole point is go out, do stuff, bring guns back to your house, which you then modify to be whatever you want apparently it's quite highly customizable you get better weapons by doing more missions and then you can go and do you know go further and further and further you two haven't really been hitman fans per se no but i know uh, you both patience. like your roguelikes because this I how is do. this speaking to you Look, honestly i think it genuinely sounds really cool I think there's a lot of replay value. I think there's uh, a lot of like really cool potential in there. I really like the idea of 
essentially there being consequences to you throwing away guns. Because, I mean, sometimes when I watch people play through a level or two of Hitman, they just, they're constantly chopping and changing weapons, which obviously is half the fun. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, there's no consequence for that. Whereas now there will be. And there's, like, depending on how much you set up and prepare for the mission will determine how easy or how difficult you have, uh, like, how hard of a time you'll have. So, I don't know. I, th- I think it sounds really cool. I just hope it's executed as well as it sounds. Because on paper, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm down for this. But you can't. I don't love this. I'm not going to play it. Like it's, uh, I don't have much interest in the Hitman formula. Just I'm, I'm not patient. I I don't really have time or space for stealth games in my life right now. But this concept um, got me thinking in general about different game modes that video games offer, and how everything in this game mode, other than maybe the safe house is stuff that already exists inside of this game they've repurposed stuff to make something completely new and fresh and unique and completely separate and different from the main game mode and that is amazing like that is awesome and i wish more games did that they they use the assets that they've already spent thousands of man hours creating um, all of this uh, time developing and they adapted it slightly into something that is different and unique to the main game give it its own spin and its own unique selling point um this is what's valuable about it to me so i'm looking forward to seeing how it's sort of like reviewed and perceived by the player base and whether it um whether it takes off because that that could help sort of set a precedent for people um also io interactive that releasing all this stuff for free and like that is amazing like this is yeah yeah stuff they're putting out it's amazing work I, I love the idea of just reusing assets in such a clever way. Because as somebody who put a lot of time into Hitman 3, this does feel completely different. The idea yeah. of the safe house. So there are a few videos of what the game will look like. There are probably a few changes coming because of the added time. But your safe house has that same too much money vibe that a lot of Hitman levels have. So you're putting you know, sports cars in your front room next to the piano. It looks incredible. You have these hallways lit up with um, all your weapons along them. It looks badass. It looks like John Wick's summer house. <laughs> I love the idea of working my way to that because I've said this a number of times. One of my favorite things in a video game is when the game takes away all the power from you and you have to start thinking. You can't rely on your, you know, stupid powerful machine gun. You have a pistol now. Be smart with it. You only have so many bullets. Be smart with them. I love the idea of very slow progression, but very earned progression. And I think those first few runs you make with, you know, a pistol and a knife are going to be exhilarating to see how far you can get. And that yeah. grind, it's going to feel worth it. Grinding in most games, look, look, if you ask me about grinding video games like five years ago, I'm like, oh, I can't bother with it. I have only got limited amount of time with games. Um, I don't want to spend it all grinding. I guess Elden Ring sort of beaten the shit out of me and made me grind games because it's the only way to go forward. Also, <laughs> for anyone playing at home, I beat the fire giant, but I couldn't beat the next dragon, so I put the game down again. Um, <laughs> but the arcade vibe of a roguelike as well isn't going to make it feel like you're going to be grinding without knowing you're grinding. You can sit down, play a mission for however long they go for, say, 50 minutes, and you know that your next run you'll be better for it. 
I like that. Like I can just go in, go out, do different things. I'm hoping there's a wide range of missions though. Um, because of, I want to be able to get guns in or gun guns and items. It's not just guns. It can be, you know, different costumes as well. Different mm. outfits. I want to be able to go play mission A and get things that will be useful in mission B. And then things I get for mission B will be good in mission D. That's what I really, really want. So I've got high hopes for this and just judging from what they've released so far, there's no reason this won't be good. The the, yeah. the content they released for year one was fantastic. And something I really liked is they got a bunch of content creators to help them make missions. So I'm a big fan of Kind of Funny. Um, and they got the Kind of Funny guys to help make a mission in my favorite level. I'm like, that's just cool like there was no real like there's a few little nods to them in, in it if you play without knowing who kind of audio you're not, not going to change the way you play it or anything like that you're not like trying to hunt down greg miller but it was still <laughs> very very cool um I, i've got nothing but but high hopes for this and i will make the argument if this is good enough within the year i will make the argument that it deserves to be in a game of the year nominations I, i'm i'm gonna I'm just gonna put it out there We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But if it's good enough, I'm going to say it's its own game. I'm going to say Hitman 3 deserves to win Game of the Year, even though it was released last year. But get there when we get there, okay? Now. When we get there. When we get there. To our next topic. Keelan, what's the date today? Well, today's the 10th of May. May. the 10th be with you. Look, we missed the 4th. Um, and we, we didn't realize it was coming up, so we didn't do a Star Wars episode last week, and we apologize. But we're recording this on the 10th. May the 10th be with you. Let's talk Star Wars games. Let's talk Star Wars Fallen Order 2. Now, Keelan, you've played it. I've played the uh, the first, yes, and I love that game. Oh, like, sorry. Yeah. Fallen Order, yeah. Two is not out yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, we both love this game. When we worked together, we used to talk about this game. Yeah, all the time. We, you convinced me to pick it up. I, I was thinking, like, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll wait and see. Look, I know it's Respawn, but again, it's like an EA game and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that was reasons, my hesitance with it reasons, initially reasons, as well. Reasons, just dumb stuff. Jesse was like, just buy it. So I did. And <laughs> Shitty studios can make great brilliant. games. Publishers. Brilliant. Um, everything about it. Um, and I... Sort of, uh, I guess the, the the thing that I was left with is that I, I wanted more of that experience, that Metroidvania esque experience. Those levels are so expansive and huge. Like I just I want more of that. Give it to me. I'm thinking of replaying this one on a higher difficulty on the the PS5 over there because you get those free upgrades when you buy it on the PS5. So, I accidentally you know. played it through on hard. Uh, this is I've told the story before about how like Resident Evil 4 despite being an over the, over the shoulder shooter was the game that made me good at first person shooters there are some <laughs> games that are just like they just make you better at a certain thing and I think it was Fallen Order that made me good at hard combat games now look this isn't a hard game when you compare it to your Dark Souls and, and things like that it can it's, be if you turn it up. It's a few, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think it's a notch down from like a Sekiro. 
that look of it that like, high? I don't know. Whatever. Shut up. I reckon Sekiro is probably a lot harder than like an A lot harder. Game. It's not as hard. Look, what I'm saying is I played this game on a hard by accident. Okay. <laughs> and I got up to the the 10th sister. The big oh one. Oh, God. Oh, my God. And I Most was, of the way through the game, right? Yeah. I Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know that I was playing on hard difficulty. And I didn't know that you could upgrade your um, health canisters. So I got very... Look, I'm comparing it to a notch below secure because I played it in the hardest way possible. I didn't give myself any health boost and I was playing it on hard. So I had to learn to be quite good at this. But I remember getting that 10th sister or 9th sister, whatever. The big one with two lightsabers. Uh, and she kicked my ass over and over and over again. And I was complaining to you, Keelan. I was complaining to somebody. Maybe you hadn't played it at that point. But I remember beating them and I told whoever it was. And they're like, oh, did you upgrade your health things? Yeah, no, that was me. I hated you that day. I hated you so much. I hated myself more, but my word. Anyway, this Star Wars game, incredible adventure, a a very good narrative-driven Metroidvania. There's some really Simon, um, you need to play this game. I think you'll be really on, on there's board. There's some with really it. cool like character stuff in there as well. I think um, I always forget their names, but. Uh, the main characters, companions, um, the Jedi, and the pilot of the ship as well. Gr- the pilot Grease. was... Yeah, Grease. Grease. Greasy money, Greasy baby. Money. Yes. yes. Grease um, is the best. They they have fantastic dialogue. They're, like, they're very believable characters inside of the Star Wars universe as well. Like There's just something really enjoyable about sort of spending time with them so this game does that thing where a lot of games do where it covers up loading screens by having some sort of fancy animation transition thing in this case when you're going to a when you're going to a level um you go through the the hyperspace sequence you know that's a loading screen and it's it's really smartly done um and at times there's like dialogue in between there and you you hear the characters kind of like building their trust with one another, um, talking about what just happened in the previous level. I, I just think it was really well done, and it captures it captures the spirit of Star Wars um, while still bringing something new to the table in its like moment to moment gameplay. What it had over other Star Wars games, so you know, you take that out of it, and a lot of Star Wars games we get are either kind of edgy for the sake of being edgy, like oh, you're you're the you're the most evil Sith there. Or they're just straight up shooters, your battlefronts and stuff like that. This game had the sort of swashbuckling action adventure, like a genuine adventure that the first film, the original films had. I loved it. I, I, I mm. absolutely love Carl Setzis as the main, the protagonist. Um, his little robot, what was it? BD, BD8? B, yeah, BD8? BD Wong? Something. BD8. Played by BD Wong. Um <laughs> Also, BD-8 made its appearance in um, Book of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah, yes, you're right, you see, actually. Speaking yeah. of, though, the Disney series, it is rumoured, rumoured, that Fallen Order 2 will come out this year, coinciding oh, wow. with the release of Mandalor- Mandalorian Season 3. Now, I can believe that. That makes a lot of sense because a lot more games are doing the sort of announced during June, July release October, November. I, I, I'm loving it. I, I think it's awesome. 
I kind of did think we would get an announcement at the um, Star Wars celebration on May 4th. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. That's- um, sorry, the Star Wars date of, of May the 4th, but Star Wars celebration happens towards the end of the month, between the 26th and 29th. So I think you could almost lock it in for, the, for that time. And according to good friend, oh, not friend, I, I feel like I can't say friend of the show to, about like an actual person within the gaming space who's not a friend of the show who doesn't know we exist. But Jeff Grubb, if you're out there, we'll be friends with you. Yeah, long haired little galoot. Um, he said that uh, the game will be releasing on next gen, current gen only. So you PS5, the Xbox um, Series X. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah, that is good to hear. Very much so. Before we go into a bit of a conversation of Star Wars games, that, you know, as a whole, Keelan, what do you want to see in Fallen Order? Dwa, two. I, yeah, this might be a controversial take. I want to see an alternate playable character. Uh, Cal's not bad, but I want to see options there. Um, I can almost guarantee you that I prefer playing the alternate option to Cal. You don't like Cal. I don't don't vibe with him. It's not that he's bad. It's a personal subjective thing for me. I don't really vibe with him as a character. I didn't, to be honest, until you get to the temple. There's a a mission in in the the original where you and BB-8 go through a Jedi temple, a frozen Jedi temple, and it is a very quiet and sort of a lot of melancholy in that mission, but you, I, I've, I connected to him so much. I think that's actually one of the most prov- thought-provoking um, sequences in a Star Wars property of the last few in, in recent memory. I, I love that mission, and I love that mission because I, I it made me love him. Um, All right, I've, I've bought it. <laughs> good man, yes, oh, good, yes, <laughs> yeah, it's alive, folks. Uh, whilst. For those who are watching us live on twitch.tv forward slash story mode AUS, it is currently on sale, um, like 75% off um, on on Steam. On Steam. Uh, and 75% off the PlayStation store means it's still $60. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Keelan, you were saying it was also on sale on PS5? It was uh, last I checked, which was like yesterday. It was on sale. I'm really glad you bought it because one of the points I want to bring up for what I want to see in the sequel is there are some some areas in Fallen Order that remind me a lot of Zelda, as in dungeons. So there's a big dungeon and you have to solve a puzzle. The one I'm thinking about killing is the one with the balls, the big rock balls. Mm. And you need to go around, you need different things, and it, you know they all unlock a door and blah, blah, blah. There's no bullshit. It reminded me so much of dungeons from Zelda. I need more of them, a lot more of them. I think that was a highlight that mission. Mm. But Keelan, sorry. Go on. What else do you want to see? Um, on that topic, I just I have to ask you because I don't remember. It's been a while since I played that game. The the second sister, the one who is sort of tracking you that whole time, and you have that big fight at the end. Did she survive? Yes. I would like her. No. To be. Ooh. Unconfirmed. Either. I'm going to say. I'm not sure if she survived or not. But I would love to see someone like her because she she had all of these like motivations and this backstory as to why she was, you know, um, working alongside Vader and um, the Imperial forces. And look, Simon, I just bought the game, but the game's been out for years is what you get. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I don't mind. Sorry, dude. 
Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Look, I'm not going to lie. This is an EA Star Wars game. I'm not exactly expecting the richest, get, deepest that, plot full get, of. Get that out of your head. Get yes. that out of your head. Don't don't go in that. Don't go in that with that preconceived uh, no, notion. No, no, no. I'm I'm you looking forward surprised. to playing it. I'm looking the, forward to playing it by by every measure. Fit. I'm just saying. I'm, don't think of the EA ex- game. The respawn game. No, and but respawn, I'm, I'm also. It's also Star Wars, so... Oh, yeah, hmm. fair enough. But, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Just, Simon, you're, you're setting, <laughs> you're setting your, your expectations. Yeah, so I'm setting them to be average. I'm not expecting, like, a super cool plot twist to happen in, like, the 11th hour and, like, oh, it changes everything that you've done throughout the game and recontextualizes all of that. But I'm it does! That, at all. <laughs> that last in <laughs> Fallen Order is akin to the last in Rogue, in, um, Rogue One. Yeah, holy so hell, that was good, tight. like jaw-droppingly um, good. So, Jesse, with that being said, because it relates, the other thing that I want is increased variety in like the weapons or the combat that you can engage in. So, I want you to be able to use like some of the enemies have like energy weapons and like that that function in different styles, like halberd style or like you know whatever you have. This is after playing Elden Ring. Like, I just love the variations and the variety of, of weapons. I want some of that in there. Yeah, no, nah, look, there's two games I would love this game to learn a lot from. One being Guardians of the Galaxy, because I want that same level of camaraderie between the characters on your ship. Because at the, at the, the game ends with you and you have like a little squad together. Why can't you have some fun, dumb shit adventures? Yeah. Um, plus because I want every game going forward from now to the end of time to learn lessons from this game. Yes, some Elden Ring. I want some depth of the combat and I want some uh, customization of the combat. I want you to play it your own way. Um, being said though, something that it can't really learn from Elden Ring because Elden Ring didn't do this enough. I want more populated areas. So you go to a lot of planets that are sort of barren and they've only got enemies and bosses in them. Star Wars is good to me. It's good when there is a community. So when yeah, you go to, you know, your lo- your local your local jizz bar, because that's what they call mu- that's what they call jazz music in Star Wars. They call it jizz. Um, you get into the local jizz bar with your with your buddies, but the whole thing is like the cantina is packed. It's got people doing other things. It's got aliens and other creatures and whatever doing their own thing. Everyone has a story. That's what makes Star Wars so fascinating. And the wider universe and canon of Star Wars fascinating because, hey, what were those two characters doing in the background? Oh, they have a whole story. And mm. look, sometimes it's it gets shitty, like in the movies where they try to over-explain, like, oh, this is this is where um, Han Solo got his belt from. Like, I, I did, I wasn't wondering. But you know, yeah. side characters from the cantina, or like, you know, there's a whole story about like the guy who had the rancor and how he found the rancor and blah blah blah. I love that type of stuff. I I want a more populated world that. Gives me the feeling that I'm saving something because again I've mentioned this in multiple game uh, multiple times. Sorry, games with empty worlds don't make me want to save that fucking world. Cool, all I'm doing is sa- saving some real estate. Okay, cool. I'm saving a big empty block of land. Sick. Thanks, Arkham Origins. Um, <laughs> I really want. I, I really want that. I don't want any crossover with main Star Wars canon. Because that carries too much weight with it. And that's true. Let, I'm not going to get into it too far. I really like some of the new Star Wars stuff that's come out, but it is held down by predecessors. Um, not in a not in a bad way. It's just they they be treated as different things because because that's they are 
sensibilities change, yada, yada, yada. Fast travel. This game needs goddamn fast travel because I imagine these areas become bigger. You know, go more, you work with better tech, make the levels a bit bigger. I remember, I think it was Kashyyyk in Fallen Order going back and forth because it, there is so much like Metroidvania-esque design to it. Having to go back and forth to the same places is just... Kashyyyk was a bit weird and tedious as well because there were places where you couldn't actually like go backwards yes. and it was just... That, yeah, that was annoying. Um, No Sith Lords. I love Star Wars. The worst part of Star Wars is Jedis and Sith. I don't care yep. about them. I don't give a flying fuck about... That's why I love Rogue One. Because they're mentioned, cool. But then we got to see some really weird things. We got to see your weirder weapons. And we got to see other, you know, your other religions at work to an extent. Other powers, just other aliens. Like, it's not all focused on one group of people. Because if you focus on one group of people who are just very incestuous, mm. it makes your universe seem very, very small. I want to know about the wider universe. It's called Star Wars, not a few planet wars. Stop with the Sith and stuff like that. In the wider canon of Star Wars, the Sith and Jedi, like the fight between them, is kind of small. Like you said, Keelan, like you want you want your character to fight with more weapons. For some reason, the Jedi only really fight with lightsabers because they're dorks. Put it, okay, dear Jedi's, this is friends of the show. Put down your fucking lightsaber. Start to fuck each other because that causes issues in the past, and pick up a goddamn halberd, okay. Use some different weapons. I want to be able to use pistols and heavy weapons and hammers and blah 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 because they've given us this great universe of weapons. Let us let me let me mess around. I want to play the game a little bit different to how Keelan plays it, and also with that you get different, um, you know, skill points. If you want to have a full skill tree, do I want to put stuff into my force powers or into my you know my, my ability with a blaster or with a heavy weapon or light weapons or with lightsabers? If you do want to continue with that. Uh, giving I feel like- a lot more onus to the player and a lot more agency of what Cal does will help us really connect with him because to some people he is a bit of a blank sheet of paper I liked him for various reasons but I, I, I understand that point but if you were able to play him as you want and you were able to play him as you would be if you were him kind of thing you're going to put a lot more of yourself onto him and his character choices and what happens to him will impact you more I've never fully played the Star Wars game. And I like Star Wars as a franchise. I think it's a cool franchise. I think it's fun and there's a lot of stuff about Star Wars. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. But I feel like the movies and the extended media overall tend to not quite hit the mark I want them to. I love the original trilogy. I think the original trilogy is awesome. It, you know, it's a classic story. It's, it is what it is. But after that bit is done, I want to see more of the universe of Star Wars. And I think that's part of the reason why I've never really gotten invested into any of the Star Wars games is because... Obviously, for a while, most of them were just tie-ins to the movies and, you know, the Lego Star Wars stuff just reiterates the the Skywalker saga over and over. And, you know, cool, like, that's fine, that's nice, whatever. But even, like, Battlefront, it's just redoing the big battles 
from key moments in the movies. I don't care. Completely agree. Give me, give me, you know, the Mandalore War and stuff like that. And obviously, the closest thing that would have been, um, I guess, sort of in line with what I'm after would be the bio, uh, the Bioware games. You know, Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic Two. But I missed the boat on those. Those are older games. They're still they're there's a lot of things about them which haven't aged fantastically and i don't know if i've got the patience to sit through them and deal with the weird clunky dialogue and again you know it's a bioware game so there's a lot of weird dialogue to choose from and not as much flexibility in your character development as perhaps you'd want to there would be hey there's a child in danger over there should we go save them no yes i will save them because i'm a hero no children are dickheads and i hate all of them or dot 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 and well i mean down there and that's wait. actually probably a war you'll run into with fallen or because there are dialogue options but they are quite static the the new one needs to have a lot more range to it so you can really tailor your your journey but so you bring up a really good point there when you when you brought a battlefront i like i actually like battlefront look Microtransaction bullshit is bullshit. It was garbage how they introduced it. But gameplay-wise, and especially graphically, when you play that game and you're like on Hoth, you're on Hoth. It is amazing. I remember the first time I played Battlefront 2, I was in like heart palpitations. Could have just been an unhealthy lifestyle. But when you're here in the crunch of snow under your boots <laughs> and you have this massive, like, the sense of scale when an at comes towards you was really cool. But... I want. I want to yeah, play. Yeah, just- uh, what would you rather be, a soldier or a cowboy? So, because Battlefront's letting you be a soldier, and you have orders to follow, and very, very strict rules that you have to abide by. I want to be a cowboy in the Star Wars universe. I want to go on my own adventure, do do some badass stuff, do stuff. You know, I want to be working within that gray area. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. not quite good and not quite bad, and it lets you have a lot more fun. I want that. But I mean, like. D- exactly, it's, but in a, in a way, then the problem immediately becomes like, oh, so you want to be Han Solo? Well, no, no. But I want to operate in a similar field. Essentially, I don't want to be Han Solo. Know. I want to be Harrison Ford, a yeah. real cowboy. Ex- actually, that's now, really I like that. That's Simon, cool. you brought up that you want to see what happens outside, like the normal Star Wars can. Have you watched Star Wars Visions? I haven't. I think that would read up your alley. So, Star Wars Visions is a bunch of different anime companies got the rights to start a star wars episode each and they all do it in their own, own style the first one is a samurai story like it's very it looks hand-drawn amazing and then they get the okay. really weird ones like you follow there's one about a rock band in the star wars universe because they would be them <laughs> playing their jizz music oh well, yeah yeah uh it, it's really fun and it, it it explores some very unique and kooky areas of the of the galaxy yeah like that's the thing like <laughs> Because when you talk about, I don't know, even even like real world historical settings, obviously people talk about the day-to-day lives of the common people. Like, you know, when you talk about ancient civilizations like ancient Egypt and ancient Greece and stuff like that, the most important things oftentimes are the regular people and how that overall affects the bigger things that we are known to happen. And so I want to see that in Star Wars. I want to know how, like, living under the Empire, how that affected the common person. I want to see that, you know. Was it 
massively unbalanced and, you know, horrible injustices? Or was it somewhat fair? And, you know, so long as you don't go I against the Empire, you'll be you're, okay. You're not going to get that like, so much from a game, though, because you're not going to just have, like, no. life simulator. <laughs> no. <laughs> In Star Wars, like, oh, it's, oh I'm on to boots. Fucking hot. <laughs> How much? I, I see what Simon's going But through, I, I, though, I get it. Like, I mean, I think... similar to... The Witcher Three, you had lots yeah. of opportunity to, to yes. talk to. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Now yeah. perfect. Actually, perfect example. Yeah, and I, I think that'd be really cool. I think also having different types of adventure. This will roll into my next point I want to make. Having different types of adventure within the Star Wars universe. So mm. just to go on to another Disney property, because let's face it, by the time the episode comes out, Disney and everything. Um, Marvel does this quite well. So how, for example, Winter Soldier, part of the MCU, but it's like a spy thriller. It's mm. a different genre of film. Multiverse of Madness is a horror and slash a bit of a mess, but the different genre set within the MCU. I want to see z- genre pieces almost within the Star Wars universe. Kind of like how Rogue One is a heist film. Speaking of heist, ooh, segue. Had to have one this episode. The next big Star Wars game coming out is being cre- uh, made by Amy Hennig's team over at Skydance New Media. Amy Hennig is the beautiful mind behind Uncharted. When it comes to narrative, she knows what's up. She can write a goddamn good narrative and a goddamn good adventure. Um, they're reportedly reviving something called Project Ra- Project Ragtag. Now, Project Ragtag was being worked on by um, Visceral Games before they closed down in 2017. This is back in 2013 they were working on this. It's a third-person action adventure about a large-scale heist that takes place after A New Hope. So it's old-school Star Wars vibes, and it is a... It, what it sounds like from that, a very clean, concise, narrative-driven game about a big score the last big score i saw with star wars was rogue one and rogue one's incredible um thank you gary Witter. Me- that as a game and you're like- doing little parts imagine like a gta heist with the biggest stakes and you're going out and you know you're putting your team ah. together and you're getting the boys back together no 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 not not gta you you gotta up the ante a little bit payday, payday too, too. The game that I bought and returned very quickly. I didn't like it. But I understand where you're coming from. Payday, Payday 2 does heists better than GTA does. You know what I mean, though. You know what there. I mean. Um, yeah, like yeah, you get, Getting your crew together to go in a different... You know, you go to a planet and you find it, you know, you, you've done this person wrong. You need to do right by them and, you know, fix things up. M- imagine... It would be like a badass Mandalorian. Mando's going to planet to planet, seemingly with no real aim in the, in the, in the TV show. But he's meeting people and he's slowly forming together a bit of a team. I want that. And it gets to the end and you do a heist. You do a heist on whoever. Just, just don't show me Vader anymore. I don't really give a shit. That'd be cool. That'd be so damn cool. And that's the thing. Like, make, maybe, maybe you make a moral choice in the end. Like, who do you strike out against? Who's your heist against? Is it against... What's that other Star Wars game coming out? Um... Who's the team that made like heavy rain and stuff like that? Oh, oh yeah, no, the um, David Cage. There's a Star Wars game, uh, and like the trailer looks Quantic Dream. Quantic Dream, yeah, they're making a Star Wars game, and the trailer looks 
incredible up until the moment it says it's made by Quantic Dream. You're like, ah, oh, man, can you clean house before it comes out so I can play it with like a clean conscience? But that, that trailer gave me really, really cool vibes until that moment because that felt like this is very the other side of Star Wars. This is a whole different area of the universe we're exploring here. That's what I, I, I don't want predictable Star Wars games anymore. Although, being said, and I'm going to let's end this episode with a controversy. The last time Star Wars as a brand, as you know, an IP, really stepped out of the mold that it created for itself was Last Jedi. And people weren't happy about that. It's weird. Sometimes with the, with, I found that just look, just say with the film what you will. People, a lot of people say they want the films to do something different and they do it and they're like, no, go back. Make the man kiss his sister again. Show me the walkie. <laughs> like, fuck off. I'm sick. Oh, I'm no. sick. I don't want to see a Skywalker in a Star Wars property again. I don't want to see a Chewbacca. <laughs> Get him out of here. I don't want to see the Falcon anymore. I don't want to hear about Vader. I don't even want to hear about Darth Maul. If I'm going to hear about any villain from past Star Wars, it's going to be General Grievous because he's cool and he has more arms than anyone. Hello there. Okay, I will watch. I will watch Obi Wan series. It looks really cool. And so I think yeah, it's got um. Yeah, that does look good. Oh, what's his name in it? What actor? Um, you mean you and McGregor? Yeah, McGregor, or? champion, friend of the show. But yeah, I, absolutely. Let's wrap it up here before you guys give me shit for my last Jedi opinions. It's the second best Star Wars film. Nope. Wrap it up. That's a hot take. It is a hot take. It's just after a New Hope. Um, let's wrap Ooh. it up there. Yeah, oh, mate, my Star Wars. We could do a whole spin-off episode about my st- spicy, spicy Ooh. Star Wars opinion because I got, yeah, I got plenty, damn. I got rewrites. They're all pretty perfect. But if you want to listen to more of our bullshit and Star Wars opinions, probably on some other episode, no doubt we're second Star, Star Wars before. Spotify and iTunes is a place to go. So subscribe and uh, give us a review if you can. As always, make sure that you check out the Fan Critical Podcast Network while you're there. They keep our lights on and they have a bunch of great shows where they talk about Star Wars with a bit more you know, authority behind them, I guess, on the matter. They know what they're talking about, unlike me. I'm powered by Ribena, Gin, and Mineral Water right now. Um, if you want to keep up with actual news, though, storymodegaming.com is a place to be. And, of course, you can keep up to date with us on social media at storymodeaus, at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But if you want to follow us on, Twi- on Twitch, Twitch, that's where we are right now. We're at storymodeau... Uh, sorry, twitch.tv forward slash storymodeaus. Um, we have these podcasts recorded live each week. Plus, we have a bunch of streams. Simon playing Vampire Hunters lately. What are you playing? Vampire Vampire Survivors. Vampire Survivors. Yeah, uh, there was a new update, and uh, I will be doing a Final Fantasy fourteen stream at the end of the week. Beautiful. Um, Lauren just finished Lake. I'm not sure who's playing next. And then you can also join Chris, Owen, and myself each week playing the AFL match of the round it's a lot of fun i won my first game last week guys and oh boy very happy about that um and if you want to chuck up chuck a little fuck why would you want to after i just messed up those words if you want to chuck a few (laughs) bucks our way we're on patreon just search for fan critical chuck a little bucks our way you get access access to a bunch of bonus because i've fallen apart i have fallen apart the the we're going okay okay Yep. And I've we, crashed we the pod time. racer, okay? You, this is pod racing. Salvage it. Nah, it's done. We're done. We're done here. Wrap it up. Wrap it up, boys. <laughs> Keelan, Simon, always a pleasure. Hope you guys had fun. Thanks, guys. I did. Fingers crossed that next week has more news in it. 
Um, no, apparently there's going to be a whole Gotham Knights um, release thing coming out soon. So we're going to learn a lot more about oh, that. Yeah, that and exists. Yeah, it's apparently it's a full player now. Cool. Um, and there's another That's game I'm releasing a bunch of news about. Oh, but anyway, we'll get to that next week. And I hope, dear listener, you join us next week. Um, and I hope you had fun this week. So if you did, tell your friends about us. If you didn't, tell your friends about us still, because whatever. Um, tell your enemies about us. Tell your enemies. Tell your worst. If you didn't like us, tell your worst enemy. Like, hey, listen to these guys. They're great. Wink, wink, wink. And they'll have to. <laughs> um, yeah. But stay safe. Play some games. And we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.